we need to trust in the Lord. He is our refuge and He is our strength. And we need to be still and know, even in those places where we, where, where we fear not only spiritually but, but physically, even in those places when we're between the rock and the hard place, we need to be still and know that He is God. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park here in Los Angeles, California. We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our Lord and do His will. You can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopark.com. Join us for our live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation. Chapter 13, verse 1. Then I stood. This is then he stood, or then the dragon stood, or Satan, on the sand of the sea. And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Remember, we said that we believe that this is Antichrist, right? And notice it says, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, it's interesting. This beast rising up out of the sea, it says it has seven heads and ten horns. This should kind of make you believe or make you think back uh, when we studied early in chapter 12 of Revelation, the identity of the dragon. Remember that great fiery red dragon? Let me read you. Let me take you back to Revelation chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Okay, so let's just turn a page back. And let's read Revelation chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, Then being with child, speaking of the woman, right, which is Israel, the child will be uh, Messiah Jesus, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Verse 3, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, now here we go, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. And then verse 4 kind of talks about when Satan is cast right from heaven at this point and confined to this earth. But one of the objectives, right, is that Satan, he wants to devour the woman, wants to devour Israel. So that's what we've been studying in Revelation chapter 12. But I want to just focus your attention on how the dragon is identified. It's very similar to how this beast coming up out of the sea is identified as well so it's interesting i'm going to just kind of um read you this is a comment by um by john MacArthur, and um it's interesting how he identifies um uh, these uh, these symbols of, of not only satan but also of his cohort or the person that he's uh, the cohort that he's giving a power to uh to do his bidding upon this earth which would be uh, the antichrist okay MacArthur writes, he says, the seven heads, this is in reference to the fiery red dragon, he says, the seven heads with their seven diadems or crowns, this would be the crown of, of a king, right? It says, represent seven consecutive world empires running their course under Satan's dominion. And he lists these as Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, which is six, and then Antichrist future empire this is the seventh one okay so these seven diadems right they they refer to the seven world kingdoms of this earth now six of them are past already 
there'll be a seventh one. The seventh one is future, okay? And so he says, goes on to say, the final kingdom ruled by Antichrist will be a ten-nation confederacy. And so the ten horns represent the kings who will rule under Antichrist. And so we're going to read about this in Daniel chapter 7. Now here's the key. When we get now to Revelation chapter 13, we're going to see that authority passed down from Satan, right? The fiery red dragon to the beast out of the sea, which would be the Antichrist. And so MacArthur, he notes this and he says, The shifting of the diadems, the crowns, from the dragon's heads to the beast's horns. So I want you to note that, right? The dragon's heads, right, has the crowns, but they're going to be shifted to the beast's horns, which we see there. And that's the difference here. Notice in chapter uh, 13, verse 1, it says, it says, I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and his horns, ten, on his horns, ten crowns. So the crowns are on the ten horns instead of the crowns being on, in uh, chapter 12, instead of the crowns being on the seven heads. Okay, I want you to know that's the difference. For the dragon says it has seven heads and ten horns, and the seven diadems are on the heads. Okay, in chapter 13, the Antichrist is going to have seven heads and ten horns, and the horns with ten crowns, so the crowns are going to be on, on the horns. That's the difference, okay? Right, chapter 12, it's on the heads of the crowns, and chapter uh, 13, it's on the horns. Okay, so that's the great difference. And so it says, uh, MacArthur says, the shifting of the diadems, or these crowns, the crowns of a king, from the dragon's heads, the seven heads, right, to the beast's horns, the ten horns, reveals the shift in power from the seven consecutive world empires to the ten kings under the final Antichrist. I think that's a very important detail to note. Let me read that again. It says, The shifting of the diadems from the dragon's heads, seven heads, right? Seven, seven crowns on the seven heads of the dragon, right? To the beast's horns reveals the shift in power from the seven consecutive world empires to the ten kings under the final Antichrist. What is he pointing out here? Well, as I mentioned... If we can interpret, right, in uh, chapter 12, that the seven heads of the dragon represent the seven world empires, right? Six of them have come. The seventh would be the world empire of Antichrist, which is future, right? Those have the diadems as the vision that John gave of the dragon, right? But then when the Antichrist comes, right, he has ten horns with the ten crowns. And so what... MacArthur is pointing out is the shifting of authority from those seven world empires is going to be administered to this final empire, right? Which would be this, uh, 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 this uh, ten horns, right? This ten crowns will go on the kings of this last empire, right? And so the shifting of power from all the world empires that have existed till then to this last world empire is going to be administered through these ten kings this last world empire which is still future from us okay so hopefully that makes sense but it's interesting right the similarities of the dragon john's vision of the dragon and john's vision of the beast which is the antichrist and the one difference is that shifting of power right
from the dragon to the Antichrist. And so we see, instead of the crowns being on the seven previous world empires, um, and then plus the uh, revived Roman Empire, which I'm going to talk about, right? this future empire, that authority is now shifted to this last world empire that the Antichrist is going to rule. And so the crowns go on the ten horns, which are the ten kings of this last empire. Okay, all right, so with that backdrop, I'd like to now go and cross-reference to Daniel chapter 7, which is going to give us a little bit more language on um, about this uh, last um, revived empire, this future empire, and how the Antichrist is the leader of that empire. Okay, so if you hold your hand here, all right, and we're going to go to Daniel chapter 7 right now. Daniel chapter 7. Alright, so in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel has a vision. And that vision is of this last world empire that is ruled by the Antichrist, or that is controlled by the Antichrist. The Antichrist has the authority over this last world empire. And so it's interesting, in Daniel chapter 7, he has a vision of four beast okay this fourth beast right is the one that is extremely that is it's uh it's extremely evil and dark and this is the beast that represents this last empire this future empire which is ruled by the antichrist the prior three beasts they represent three of the prior world empires okay so we're going to look at this as we get into chapter seven now i'm going to read from chapter seven of daniel from verse 15 because what happens is that Daniel, he inquires of this last beast and he begins to explain it, right? The, the angel begins to explain it to Daniel. So we're going to actually see what the vision is and then what it means in the verses that we're going to read in uh, verses 15 through, um, through 27 or through 28 of the book of Daniel. Okay, so firstly, let me just kind of talk to you about these four div, uh, different beasts here. It's actually um, referred to in our passage in Revelation 13. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, when it says, Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. These three, right, even though it's combined into one, it's a composite that is um, revealed to us in this last world empire. These three beasts are actually referred to as the first three beasts the first uh, three of the four uh, beasts in Daniel chapter 7. Okay, so I want you to note that, right? It says there's a beast of a leopard, and then of a bear, and then also of a lion. Okay, so the lion would be Nebuchadnezzar's empire, which would be Babylon. The bear would be the Medo-Persian empire, right? And then the leopard would be the Grecian empire. Okay, so I want you to just note that as we read now Daniel chapter 7. And we're going to pick up right at verse 15, okay? Daniel chapter 7, verse 15. So Daniel has his vision, and then he begins to inquire of this last piece. He says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. And so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. And so... This one, this angel is going to make known to Daniel the interpretation of his vision of these four beasts. Okay, so those great beasts, which are four, 
are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Verse 19. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth and iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with his feet. With his feet. Verse 20. And the ten horns, okay, so remember the ten horns that was referred to in Revelation chapter 13 and chapter 12, right? It says, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Now, this small horn that comes out and devours the three horns, we believe that this is Antichrist. And we'll get more language on that when we finish up Revelation 13. So Daniel, he's, giving, he's being given the interpretation to his vision, right? He sees ten horns. One horn came up, comes up and devours three of the horns. And so these ten horns, as I mentioned, are the kings, the ten kings of this last revived Roman Empire. Right? The seventh world empire, as referenced in Revelation chapter 12, with the seven heads of, of the fiery red dragon. Right, This last empire, the seventh future empire, is going to have ten horns. And ten horns are ten kings. But then there's one horn that's going to raise up, and he's going to devour three of the kings. And that, we believe, is Antichrist. And so in verse 21 here, it says, I was watching. And the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. And so Antichrist is going to what? Is going to try to devour all those ones that put their faith and trust in Jesus in the Great Tribulation. This is not only Israel, even though predominantly the objective is to destroy Israel, but this would be anyone that puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord. And so we noted, remember the Tribulation saints, right? These are the ones that are not necessarily Israel, but they are ones that are Gentiles that, that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Lord, they're going to be killed for their faith, right? And so this is a reference to them. I was watching, verse 21, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. So that's a reference to what? When Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation right and then he begins his millennial rule okay that's what t verse 22 refers to so you can see how daniel is being given an interpretation and in the meaning unto these latter days right now let's keep reading here verse 23 says thus he said the fourth beast so here's the details right the insight into this fourth beast he says the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. Right? Okay, so he gives us now insight and more what detail on what John sees in this Antichrist. So the ten horns are the ten kings that arise through, in Daniel chapter 7, this fourth beast. As I mentioned, there's the four beasts that's represented in Daniel's vision, that's the Babylonian Empire, right? That's the Medo-Persian Empire, the bear, and then that's the Grecian Empire, 
And this is going to be the Roman Empire, but there's a revived Roman Empire, which is this fourth beast. Okay, so he says the ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. So this is that one horn that comes up and devours three kings. And so many believe that perhaps as Antichrist comes into power, three kings in this last empire there are going to rebel against him. So he's going to devour them. Okay. Now, verse 25 says, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, the tribulation saints and Israel that put their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, and shall intend to change times and law. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Now, we've seen this verbiage before, right? What's a time? Times and half time is three and a half years. A time is one year. Times is two years. And a half a time is a half a year. So this would be what? The last three and a half years of the tribulation. This would be the great tribulation. And so this will happen. Antichrist will have his authority. And Jesus returns, right? And then um, uh, cast the uh, Antichrist and the false prophet who will meet next week at the end of Revelation 13. He cast them into Gehenna, right? And then Jesus is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Okay, now let's keep reading it. Daniel chapter 7 verse 26 says, But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it forever. Verse 27, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. This is when they're going to rule and reign. When Jesus comes and rules and reigns in the millennium. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Okay, so, Daniel chapter 7 gives us detail into this vision that he receives in Revelation, John receives in Revelation 13, specifically about this beast that rises up from the sea. It's not only a reference to the Antichrist, the person, but his kingdom. And we believe that this his kingdom is going to come out and it's going to be a revived Roman Empire. Because when you look in Daniel's vision, right, the fourth beast, it really does speak to the Roman Empire, we have the um, Babylonian Empire, right, as I mentioned, and that's represented by the lion. We have the Medo-Persian Empire, represented by the bear. And then we also have the, um, the, um, the Grecian Empire, represented as a leopard. And you can see that in Daniel chapter 7, as he gives that interpretation there. But then there's a last, there's a fourth beast, right? And there's a last empire, which is the Roman Empire. But... The Roman Empire, there's a revived Roman Empire, and this is where I believe it refers to in verse 3 about this, um, the head of the Roman Empire, it's mortally wounded. Okay, so this is where we see in verse 3 when it says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Okay, so... Not only is the beast referring to the person Antichrist, but his kingdom. 
Now, many would say that this is speaking of the beast who's mortally wounded. He dies and then he's what? Resurrected. Now, you know, a lot of people would say that, but, you know, it's interesting. And, and in one sense, you can see since he's a false Christ, he's the Antichrist, that that would kind of be the counterfeit. Just as Jesus was resurrected, that the beast would be resurrected. But, you know, Satan doesn't have that power, does he? Only God has the power to resurrect somebody. And so... I believe that this is speaking more specifically to the resurrection of the Roman Empire, right? The revived Roman Empire, which is that fourth beast in Daniel. But right here, it's revived through the work of Antichrist. Okay, so it's not Antichrist has died. It's the Roman Empire. It would seemingly has died, but then there's a revival of the Roman Empire, which is the last empire right before Jesus returns. Okay, so... I want to read you, this is a comment by, by Walvert on that. Walvert writes this, he says, What is the meaning of the beast's head that received a deadly wound but was healed? The apparent parallelism is the slain, is to the slain lamb, described in 5.6. But does this head represent a human being? Certainly a person who was killed and then came to life again would make all the world marvel. And it would fit the devil's character as the great imitator or counterfeit of everything God does. But it is questionable whether Satan has the power to restore to life one who has died, even though his power is great. And I think that's the great question. Satan can't resurrect. Only God can. Despite this, generations of Bible students have suggested numerous evil rulers or other persons from history as the beasts. Those from the ancient times have suggested Nero, and Judas Iscariot, and in modern times, tyrants like Hitler and Stalin have been named, the former especially because of his murder of the Jews. But the multiplicity, this is Walvoord, the multiplicity of suggestions on who these persons are seems to be evidence in itself that these explanations are not the meaning of this passage, and I would totally agree with that. Just that there's so many Ones that are thrown into the fire right there, right? Are thrown into the bag. This is him. This is him, right? Because of the numerous suggestions, that kind of just shows that it probably doesn't mean that it's a person. Okay, so he goes on to write this. This is Walver. He says, The wounding of this head seems instead to indicate that the Roman Empire as such seemingly died. And the Roman Empire has died. There's no more Roman Empire unless you look at Europe right now in the European Union, a revived Roman Empire, right? So he says, the wounding of his head seems instead to indicate that the Roman Empire as such seemingly died and is now going to be revived. It is significant that while one of the heads is wounded to death, the beast itself is not said to be dead. See, Antichrist at this point is not dead. It's the Roman Empire that's dead, and now it's revived through the beast leadership to the antichrist leadership so a far more probable explanation is that this is the roman empire long since dead in history but destined to be god uh, destined by god excuse me to be revived in the end times you know i would tend to agree with that interpretation so in verse three when john says and i saw one of the heads as if it had been mortally wounded I don't believe it's speaking of Antichrist. Because Antichrist doesn't die until the end of the tribulation. But this is speaking of his kingdom, right? 
it would seem that the Roman Empire, that he's going to revive his death, but then it's going to come back to life, and it's going to come back to life through his leadership. It says, and his deadly wound was healed, and that's the healing of the Roman Empire into this revived Roman Empire. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. And, you know, a companion vision is in Daniel chapter 2. Remember that vision or that dream that Nebuchadnezzar had? The four empires, right? The Babylonian Empire, right? The head of gold, and then it goes down to the uh, Medo-Persian Empire and then to the, um, the Grecian Empire. And it even spells out, right, the Roman Empire. But then, remember, it goes down to the toes and the feet and part clay, right, part iron. And so it's a revived Roman Empire. But remember, at the end of that vision there, right, what happens at the end? Well, there's a mountain, right, that comes, not made with hands. And it comes and it crashes that great statue right at the feet. And the interpretation is, is during this revived Roman Empire, God is going to come and establish His kingdom and His rule. So you can go to all these parallel visions and you can start to piece these things together. That perhaps right here in verse 3, it's describing just that. That the Roman Empire is going to come to life again in the latter days. Now, where do we see that today? You know, it's interesting, and, and Bible students are looking at the European Union. And so, you know, you can go on the Internet and you can kind of uh, pull down information on the European Union and, and see there's 10 kings. Well, there's a lot more than 10 kings, right? Matter of fact, I kind of just uh, did some research on this uh, earlier this morning, um, earlier last night. And so the European Union has 27 nations in it, right? So it's far more than 10. And so doesn't quite match up. But you know what's interesting? In 2016, you might remember this. Remember in June 23, 2060, the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union. It used to be 28, and now it's 27. And indeed, right, they're, they're now backing out of the European Union. They're not even listed. And so it's interesting, just as fast as they came in, right, they can be leaving as well. And there's all kinds of different reasons why uh, the United Kingdom left, right? And so you can kind of go in and read and see all the politics of that, you know, the two different groups there. Um, and so we see that, you know, this can, as fast as they came in, they can go out as well. And so this can really come down to 10 when you think about it. We don't know for sure, but many people are looking at the European Union because right there, that's where the Roman Empire used to be. And so could it be, right? One monetary, right? The the, um, the European uh, Union, the euro, right? The monetary currency. And then this whole thing about there's no borders, right? You can go from one country to another, right? It's amassing its power economically and also physically. And so it could be, it could be that this is the place where someone's going to come in, the Antichrist, and he's going to begin to rule. He's going to be into rule as described in scripture here okay so i want to just kind of put these things together with you all these scriptures and then kind of looking at what's happening even today all right okay let's keep reading revelation chapter 13 let's keep reading from verse 4 says so they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like the beast who is able to make war with him all right, and so right here, it highlights that the one that's giving authority and power 
to this beast, to the Antichrist, is is the dragon. So we have we have Satan and we have the Antichrist, the beast out of the sea. Next week we're going to read of the beast from the earth, which is the false prophet. And the reason I want to bring him into the picture right now, and we're going to study him in depth in um, uh, next week from verse eleven, is that this is the false trinity. It's the counterfeit trinity. And remember, we noted that. Antichrist means a counterfeit Christ. It looks just like the real. But actually, not only is it against, but it looks just like the real. It comes as an angel of light. Okay, so we have this false trinity, and the true trinity, right, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting, the great way that Antichrist is going to lead is through deception. Thanks again for joining us in our podcast of Calvary Chapel, Echo Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopart.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.